Hi everyone, this is Georgiana and you're listening to Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. And today we are going to be talking about employer branding. Hi Kim, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. Kim Dang currently works at um, Ultimate AI as People, Culture and Employer Branding Manager. I mean, your role is self-explanatory, but please tell us exactly what, what you do. What do you do on a daily basis, Kim? Um, so, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me here. Um, would love to talk about employer branding, definitely my passion. Um, so, yeah, the role is kind of, um, it's like a little bit of everything. Um, so, Ultimate is quite a small startup at the moment. We are growing very fast. I think mm-hmm. just this month alone, we get like nine joiners, uh, which push our employees' uh, number to, I think, about, uh, I would say about like 60, 70, something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. And Um, so I am, so to say, the second person in the people team and I take care of pretty much everything. So from the contract, like the operations factor to the culture factor to a little bit of development, also employer branding, as you see, the only thing I pretty much don't do is recruiting. Uh Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you were fortunate to sort of do only employer branding. Um, Yeah. And also operations and other things, except for <laughs> except for recruiting. Actually, people. Yes, exactly. Got it. So, if you were to choose between people, culture, and employer branding, which would be your favorite? Um, to me personally, um, I think definitely employer branding. So, I started out um, in my you know HR journey. I started out with recruiting and employer branding, and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, employer branding is definitely my favorite. However, in terms of importance, people is definitely the most important part of the of the job, um, and that applies to many cases. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's not just in, in my case, but also applies in terms of you know how the company is, how the company run. Um, so that's why I decided to expand my knowledge to people operations and people management by taking up this job at Ultimate. Super. And if you weren't be doing, if you weren't be doing employer branding, what would you be doing? in your life? Um, I actually tried out a lot of stuff um, mm-hmm. because I'm not really a what if person, you know, asking myself, what happened if I hadn't done this? So I tried out a lot of stuff, uh, mostly in the realm of communications and um, yeah, event. Uh, so I started out doing um, a lot of work in, um, for example, like in I, I used to work in PR in a fashion agency and also a lifestyle agency and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I had to guess, um, I think I would have gone for something in event or social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Event is not necessarily the good period right now or the good uh, area exactly. to be working in <laughs> at the moment. But I can understand why why that's something uh, nice to go into. What would you say is your favorite employer branding initiative or project so far? Um, so during my time at my old company, Commercials, I was very lucky to be given the chance to start a lot of projects from scratch. Um, So I was in full employer branding mode, uh, just in time when the pandemic hit. So it was Mm -hmm. very, very challenging. Um, Yes, it really, really challenged me in a lot of way. Um, But if I were to say if there is an initiative that I like, or rather, like, you know, multiple projects that I really like, um, and I'm most satisfied about that would be uh, yeah, the multiple projects targeting the tech audience that I have done. Mm-hmm. So the company I work for um, really struggled to hire a certain type of engineer at that particular moment. 
and the pandemic didn't really make it like, any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pandemic also uh, led to the fact that all the ini- offline project or offline initiatives, uh, is, they are now absolutely impossible to be executed. So I have to brainstorm a lot of initiatives which would work with engineers in a particular moment. For example, redoing the entire career page to target mm-hmm. them. You know, like mm-hmm. we talk about a tech stack, we, talk, we, we put our GitHub online, um, we talk about our tech blog, um, and also all of the initiative with the meetup groups, how we organize um, online events, and we have to rethink every time how do we engage people. You know, because a lot who have this kind of, you know, online event exhaustion, I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I want to sit at 6 p.m. listening to a two-hour talk mm-hmm. anymore online is there on sure. the screen. Mm-hmm. We have to read that. We're like, okay, how do we make this interactive? How do we make this fun? So those are the things I would say that I'm the most happy about because it was challenging for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out to be pretty good because we end up did hire people, uh, hiring people from, from those events. Yeah. Okay. According to a recent study done by Gartner, HR will be responsible for bringing people back to the to the workplace. Do you agree with that? I totally agree. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I think the reason why this statement seems, for me, this statement seems absolutely normal. It's like a fact for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why it doesn't appear to be like a fact and more like a new thing to a lot of people is perception of HR yeah. uh, in company. I think a lot of people still think of HR as, you know, just the people who do the payroll, you know, people who do the contract, like order coffee when, you know, then the, mm-hmm. the office runs out. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Um, so we are actually, if HR is done right, we are actually the people who, you know, in the best case scenario is involved in every single decision that is made about running a company and obviously getting the people back to the office or, you know, getting people remote or getting people to whatever it is at the company, that is definitely HR stuff. And we definitely own the workspace. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to more companies adhering to that actually. Yeah. And um, there's also some, some other thing that I've been reading and listening to a lot these, these past few months, which I think has become the mantra of the year. And that is motivate your employees with purpose, not profits. What do you, what is your take on this? Because as I have discussed and seen, as, as I speak to so many HR people, a lot of people change jobs just for a few hundred extra euros. Mm-hmm. Why does that happen? Um, yeah, I think personally, I think if there are cases that people leave jobs for a few hundred bucks extra per month or per week or even per year, I think it is just a nice to have why the bigger issues is a job, the old job itself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it just happened to be like, oh, they just happened to, to get a few extra bucks, um, you know, per month. Um, or if someone actually leaves the job for a few um, like extra bucks per year, that means that the old job has to be really, really bad. So, I mean, it could be for financial reason, right? Um, they may feel that they are underpaid, which yep. eventually leads to the frustration at the workplace for not being appreciated. So at that point, it's not just about the money anymore. So it's about the absence of appreciation. Um, however, mm-hmm. I think that frustration can be triggered by multiple other factors. For example, what you said, the lack of purpose, right? And I think there's a lot of companies that mistake mistaken the company's purpose in the industry with the employee's purpose. So a person's purpose is very unlikely to be like revolutionized, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. industry or like 
They don't wake up thinking that I'm going to change the way people work today. Unless they are the C-level or very, you know, they are like higher up in, in the company hierarchy. A normal person, a normal employee purpose at work is, you know, the answer to the question, what did I do today? And does my contribution matter to the company? And if they are aware that they are doing something great for the company and their contribution actually manifests itself in whatever form it is, like you compliment or, you know, compensation, then yeah, and that's the purpose. And and that's why I'm when I look at a company career page and they just splash like come to us and change the world of yeah. blah, blah, blah. I was just like, no, that's not the point. They don't care about mm -hmm. that. Most people don't care about that. They care about whether or not they contribute. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you say employer branding is more on the side of HR or on the side of marketing? Personally, for me, I would say HR. Of course, I'm open to like, you know, for discussion. But for me, it has always been HR. Um, since for me, it's about the target audience. Uh, because as in marketing, you have a different kind of target audience. You're targeting, you know, self buyers, for example. You're targeting the general public mm -hmm. for branding. Mm -hmm. But for employer branding, you target a very particular group. You're targeting someone like totally different, like totally irrelevant for marketing itself. So it's really hard to be in a team where, you know, the rest of the team work on targeting a particular group and you just totally go for a different direction. Um, so for me, marketing is about the tools, but HR is about the goal. So you should be under the organization that actually gives you the goal instead of the tools. Okay. Yeah. Um, just to shift our uh, discussion a little bit, what is a book that you found influential? Um, influential, I wouldn't say. Um, but recently I finished reading a book called Coders, Who They Are, What They Think and How They Change the World by Clive hmm. Thompson. Okay. And it is a very interesting book and it's kind of, you know, I'm not saying that coders are a different breed of human that we need to study, but I it really shine a light on, you know, pro, like developers and, and the tech industry in general. They it talk a lot about ethics. It talk a lot about like how software is going to change the world mm -hmm. and so on. I think as I want to work in the tech industry, I, I find absolutely, you know, mesmerizing. And also because I'm very interested in for branding for tech audience in particular yep um yeah does that would really really uh, help me out a lot yeah cool that's something really useful to add to my reading list thank you um <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you had the right sum of money in hand what would you implement in a company in terms of employer branding um i have never been that lucky to be the owner of a very huge budget um so that question is actually very new to me i never really thought about it because i'm always on like the saving mode you know like try to to spend as little as possible um but if i were to have the right amount of money i would go for something like i don't know if you know heineken's uh employer branding campaign so they have this huge mm -hmm. campaign that um, when you Google Heineken employer branding and you would definitely see they create a whole landing page for it. It's about like, um, it's super funny. So if I were to actually have the money and, you know, be in the right company, because mm -hmm. that kind of huge campaign doesn't work for any kind of company. I wouldn't do that for my, for ultimate, for example, because it is mostly, uh, I think, relatable to companies that have a B2C product like mm -hmm. that already had like mm -hmm. a consumer brand and so on. So if we were to have 
the right amount of money, I would do something like that, something huge, like impactful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I would also spend that money to actually employ creative agencies because I think they are much better in what they do than than than, than I. Like you know, being creative, being funny, being you know, inspirational. Um, so yeah, so I, I would I would do that. Yeah. I, I think I can confirm because we as an agency are often tasked with creating exactly this type of employer branding campaign with landing page, creative concept and everything. And I yeah. have to admit, I've seen huge differences when it comes to a budget. Yeah, sometimes exactly. you can be creative on a very shoestring budget, but sometimes with the right amount of money, you can do something that's absolutely wow. Yeah. <laughs> and just to, to get to the end of our podcast, that, that's a question I try to ask all my guests. And that is an employer branding myth that you can debunk. I'm really curious. Um, I haven't heard a lot about employer branding myth, but if there is something that I say that is generally perceived in the public, but I don't think it is correct, is only big companies can afford employer branding mm, and only companies that have hiring problems should care about employer Mm. branding oh yes um yeah so this is something that i think is is wrong um i started out with employer branding with a very small budget (laughs) and it worked um so i think this is something that companies should definitely take into consideration i think um like head of recruitment or like you know people leaders should take employer branding into consideration when when they when they plan it's, it's and not just wait until you have a pipeline problem for a certain position yeah. to say okay we need to work on employer mm-hmm. branding and then find some kind of ad hoc solution for it but really invest on, on creating a brand and i think this is something that you know applies generally to a lot of you know to within product side as well oh, yes. because i do mm-hmm. know a lot of company that focus mainly on like lead generations marketing you know try to sell product asap but a lot of them forget about branding is this actually getting better now i see a lot of people's companies starting to hire like head of brands or you know brand designer or like employer branding manager so that's definitely getting better um, but sometimes during the day-to-day business, you can definitely forget that, hey, we need to create a brand that is long-lasting mm-hmm. because brand don't manifest in, you know, in, in revenue immediately yeah. or even like in pipeline immediately. Exactly. Brand mm-hmm. gives you, a, you know, like a consistency in the future. So that's something that I, I think that it's not a myth, but I think that it's still a general perception that employer branding is only for the rich. Yeah, exactly. And it's all only something that's done sometimes whenever there's a crisis. Ah, maybe we should do something on the employee. Yeah, exactly. No, you got to do it all the time. All the time. That's the role of it. And that's how it's supposed to be done. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for for talking to me today. Um, You're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me, of course. To be speaking to people who are doing employer branding. Like I said in some of my previous episodes, you are sort of a rare, rare breed employer branding uh, managers and uh, talk to you soon hopefully for a meetup thank you everyone thank you bye kim bye bye this was employer branding the inside podcast you can find our podcasts on spotify on apple podcasts and content on employer branding related themes on employerbranding.tech until the next time stay tuned bye